Hi, and welcome to Tales from the Midpack. I'm your host, Rebecca Hunt. I had planned to bring you stories this year from everyday runners, experts, and some race recaps, but I got two episodes in and a global pandemic struck. I know I could have worked out how to do podcasts remotely, but to be honest, I'd only just started learning how to do podcasts, and I was also having to switch to online teaching at work, so I decided to keep life simple and just take a break from it for a while. Uh, Adelaide, uh, which is where I live, has done amazingly well in stopping the spread, and life here is slowly returning to normal, so I decided to do a short episode of the podcast, just collating some of the stories about running during the pandemic these last three months. Um, It certainly has been a dynamic time for trail running, that's for sure. So this podcast is a bit more scripted than I would normally like to do, and I certainly don't want to be one of those podcasters where it's just them talking all the time, but I did think it would be interesting to look back on what's been happening the last few months, collate some input from people before we move forward into this next chapter of trail running here. Um, So one of the simultaneously fantastic and frustrating things that have happened is that during the coronavirus, the rest of the world seemed to discover trails too. I mean, it was fantastic in that people got to see what we see, all the beautiful parks and and what they have to offer, like why it is we get out and do what we do. But frustrating because the trails became flooded with people, making social distancing a nightmare and the trails pretty crowded. One runner said, head there now and you will see hundreds of new faces to dodge. I've never seen so many people in the park. I just can't believe how many people there are. We've all had to become more creative with our runs, perhaps drive a bit further to find uncrowded trails or shift the times when we run. Another runner said, I'm making more of a concerted effort to go off times if I want to go to my favourite trails. While people were discovering the outdoors again, there was some conflict, which I guess is inevitable with all the crowding. Walkers were complaining that runners passed too closely. They were even complaining about heavy breathing and how you know, unsafe and unhygienic runners' breathing was. Runners were being criticised for for being out, told we should stay at home and that passing people was not safe social distancing. Uh, The practice of uh, snot rockets, not something that I do, but uh, that was certainly getting some flack in some articles. Uh, On the flip side, runners were frustrated by people walking along paths in a way that completely took the paths over but then they didn't allow room for runners to pass, even sometimes when asked. Um, These conflicts led to fears that there might be trail closures. So some runners were out hitting the trails as much as they possibly could because they felt like this gift that we have to be able to do what we do was about to be taken away. And trail runners' fears parks would get closed were not unfounded. It certainly happened overseas. Uh, From one runner in South Africa... We are in total lockdown and not allowed to run outside at all. People are running in their gardens, even up to marathon distance. Not being able to run trails is depressing and very difficult to manage, especially since my dogs love it so much. In some countries, running in parks wasn't banned, but it was discouraged. One US runner said, My state park is closed, but the sign says, At your own risk. So, I have run out there, but I feel like I'm breaking the rules. It's not as enjoyable. Some runners actually found they had more space on the trails. One said, large groups of runners used to knock me off the trail, 
crowd mentality. They did not give me room when passing from the opposite direction. Now, people are actually moving and giving me space. It's awesome. I also have a new strategy. If they don't move over, just start coughing. <laughs> so there were mixed reactions to the explosion of people on the trails. Some hated the crowds and having to bob and weave to avoid people. Some became un unfriendly, turning their heads and holding their breath as others passed. Others were happy for the company, said hi, and some hikers even put up inspirational chalk messages on popular trails. It certainly has been a strange time. The increase in people on the trails also saw an increase in rubbish, unfortunately. So lots of runners have been picking up rubbish while they're out there and rangers are carrying bags wherever they go, trying to keep our trails clean. Um, crowded trails did, though, push a lot of runners onto the road. So this took some mental adaptation. Um, it can be hard to shift from hilly dirt paths out in nature to flat concrete and bitumen in the suburbs. The noise, the pollution, uh, remembering to wear brighter colours so that we're more visible to cars. And for some people, that meant buying some new road shoes. Some tried to look on the, the bright side. Another US runner said, small benefit, less worry about ticks with less time spent on the trails. And from what I hear of US runner stories like, uh, yeah, mountain lions, bears, um, they're rattlesnakes. So a few less things to worry about. Uh, another reason people headed to the roads was that the massive increase of people on the trails also meant a massive increase in the number of dogs. And people were complaining that many people had their dogs off leash and so they felt safer on the roads as a result. Um, but even on the roads, that's become busy as <laughs> running in general seems to have exploded in popularity. So runners have had to modify their running practices because there's just been so many more people and, of course, the need to distance themselves. One runner said, I don't run the city trails anymore. They are too crowded. I have some crazy zigzagging happening to keep away from anyone because I'm a nurse and I'm para paranoid that I could be asymptomatically carrying. Plus, I can't trust other people to not be aware or to care and to not come close to me. I'm also not spitting or snot rocketing at all anymore. Another thing is that people stopped relying on local water fountains at like schools and parks and instead were carrying more of their own water to adapt to running in these times. Uh, those living in rural areas didn't see too much change um, with all this explosion and popularity of getting out. Uh, one Tokyo runner said, I live in the mountains, a couple hundred miles of trails around here with trailheads not far from my door, so... No change in my training, except I can't run with many other people right now. I kind of miss the company. And that's definitely been one of the big changes for runners. Groups and group runs getting shut down. So the runs from local running stores, park runs, run clubs, and obviously also the cancellation of events, all of that has had a significant impact on people's running. These parts of runners' weeks that they really look forward to, often followed by group coffees, became solo events. In particular, people struggled with not having events to use as motivation to train. The empty calendar as event after event was cancelled or deferred had been demotivating for many and they missed them. One runner said, motivation is in the toilet. I've always struggled to get out in the afternoons unless meeting a group 
And by the time I'm able to leave the kids with hubby in the Arvo, I just feel too wasted and blech from sitting down all day to bother going, very much struggling to keep moving, having no clear goal to work for. Some have been able to embrace the freedom of running how they like, though. You can do whatever kind of strength work, speed work, hill work, training that you want, whenever you want, however much you want, without worrying about keeping fresh for events, worrying about tapering, any of that stuff. For others, it has provided much needed time to allow little niggles and injuries to heal properly, or extra training time for really big events, or just generally time to come back stronger and better than ever. Some have even gained the courage to sign up for events they normally wouldn't, as they've been searching for something to put on the calendar. But the cancellations and postponements have taken their toll, and for many it's been difficult to train without a target to train for. One thing I've really enjoyed watching is, you know, some people have run their events regardless, doing the same distance on the same date, like they'd signed up for a particular marathon, so they did it anyway. So seeing people's posts and um, Strava entries where they're celebrating being able to do that event has been really inspiring. Just in general, the creativity and determination of runners has been awe-inspiring. There's been a huge rise in virtual challenges and home-created runs. Uh, I really liked watching the Global Everest um, home challenge. So people would like climb staircases in their house to the equivalent of Everest. And some people were even dressing up in full mountain climbing gear to do that. Um, another one was a Mzanzi lockdown marathon challenge in South, South Africa, which exploded with, with participants. So events like these have really helped people keep motivated. Locally in Adelaide, uh, some examples are Riot Runners had the Peaks and Troughs virtual challenge where people chose a distance to complete over, it was almost a month. And there's been the Trail Running SA's V4 series, which has provided great motivation. And this series has kept adapting to the shifting restrictions. Um, it has been fun to be out on a trail and ask someone passing by, doing the long and having that camaraderie of them knowing exactly what I mean. There was the Global Running Day Kilometre Pledge. On right now is the ISO Mount Lofty Rogaine and coming up in July is the Australian Outback Virtual Marathon. I'll put links to those in the show notes. I'll also put a post on the Tales from the Midpack Facebook page where you can share any virtual events that you know of that are coming up. Going back to the TRSA series, one story I wanted to share was I had a running buddy recently comment that the series has really brought them into their own. And I thought about how all the events we now do with all the different organisations are very safe. They're well marked, well catered, well staffed, and that's all fantastic and it encourages hundreds of people to try out the sport, but it protects them from the true adventure of trail running. In this ISO series, if people want to participate, they have to find their own parking, work out their own start time, carry all their own gear, do their own navigation with the maps provided. There's no markers, no volunteers, no aid stations, and, and this is the most difficult thing of all to face, no delicious finish line brownies. <laughs> I think, though, that this has allowed people to realise how strong and self-sufficient and capable they truly are. And hopefully it's really planted that seed of the spirit of adventure in some, some runners. 
But not everyone has been able to actually get out onto the trails. A lot of running was done in people's homes, and so they've had to redesign their options from their front door. The determination it would take to do some of the loops that people have done is mind-blowing. I don't know I could have handled the boredom of some of them. Like someone did a 9.25k run on loops around a 45-metre path around their house. One South African shifted from her local mountains to running laps around her house. She said, last Saturday I did 10 kilometres in 223 laps, staying positive that I can run. So gardens, back paddocks, swimming pools, they've all provided short running loops. Even inside houses, creative runners can find challenges. One runner said, I discovered that 100 trips up and down the steps equals 2,400 feet of elevation change. You may have heard of, I apologise for the pronunciation, Alicia Nokomovitz in France, who ran marathons on his 23-foot balcony after France went into lockdown. I'll put an article link in the show notes, like check it out. Many runners have also shifted to treadmills, which obviously a lot of us hate. But like these short backyard loops, some of them have used it to build the mental toughness needed for ultras. One Californian runner, after local parks and beaches were all closed, clocked 157 miles in a month, so that's 252 kilometres, on a treadmill saying, I'm desperate, I miss the trails, especially this time of year. Many have had to turn to home treadmills because their kids are no longer at school and they've had to stay home to look after them. Extended school holidays and homeschooling significantly limited some people's ability to run, while others were given the amazing opportunity to run more because they were working from home and no longer had to spend so long commuting. It's been a unique experience for all of us. One of the challenges that has always existed but became accentuated was that of safety. In Australia, we were always allowed to run in pairs for safety, but there were people who shortened their runs, kept close to home and switched routes out of safety concern, particularly those who weren't able to have a running partner. One runner said, I've switched to routes with lower risk of injury and wider paths because I don't want to need hospital treatment and I tend to trip when I'm tired on trails. With their permission, I'm going to share two local stories that highlight the issue of runner safety, particularly for women. One woman was out with her three dogs in Flagstaff Hill close to lunchtime and was followed by a car for a good kilometre or so. Every time she changed directions, he did a U-turn to keep following her. Once she managed to get to some neighbours who were out in their front yard, he finally left. She'd like to remind everyone in those situations to memorise the car rego. It's really important. Another runner, returning to the trail entrance of Government Road in the Basin, was attacked by a tan and white staffy eagle pit bull. She screamed for help and realised the owner was actually sitting in his car watching her. She was terrified and kept screaming, but he continued to just watch. Eventually he did get out and the dog ran off a few metres in the opposite direction. So she jumped into her car a menacing conversation ensued, which included him telling her she deserved to die. He did this while blocking her car with his body and allowing the dog to jump out her window. She commented at the end of telling her story, I have been running in deserts, mountains and isolated landscapes on my own for the better part of the last decade. No incident ever. Only time I've ever run into trouble 
is in suburbia. Terrifying incidents like these are reminders to always let people know where we've gone and when we're likely to be back, particularly as many of us have been more alone than we've ever been during this pandemic. Personally, I had a scary incident where I was in real danger of falling three metres to rocks and had no reception, was in a remote spot, and I realised no one would even know I was missing until 11 o'clock the next day. So now if I'm going out alone on runs where I can't simply call out for help, I have a person that I let know where and when I'm going and when I'll be back and I turn Life360 on. So shifting to a more positive note as we head towards the end, the lack of running groups has certainly been missed and we welcome their gradual return. While we were missing our running buddies, we did find creative ways to stay sane. One thing people turned to for company on their runs was podcasts. Some great podcasts for runners are Trail Runner Nation and locally there's the Trail Runners Experience and Runner Trucker Podcast. I'll include adding podcast recommendations to that Tales from the Midpack Facebook post. Feel free to share more awesome podcasts there. Also, uh, the host, Tim O'Brien of Runner Trucker Podcast, is doing a really important fundraiser at the moment, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Check that out. Another cool idea is that people who weren't able to run together called each other and then just talked to each other during their runs via their headphones, so they were running together separately, which is cool. For those who couldn't get out running at all, sharing running films and running book became the rage. I'll post some film links and put some book recommendations in the show notes. And again, feel free to add your film or book recommendations to that Tales from the Midpack Facebook post. But life is slowly returning to normal. We can now get remedial massages again. We can meet in groups of up to 20 and events are beginning to appear on the distant horizon of our calendars. Runningcalendar.com.au, which I'll link, uh, have said, At the present time, there are huge numbers of announcements being made about events and we are keeping on top of it as much as we can. Note that many events are still only updating Facebook and not their actual website, so be sure to always check both the event's website and Facebook pages for further details when looking up any future events. There has been a meme going around saying, as our lives return to normal, to consider what parts of normal are worth returning to. Non-discreet spitting and snot rockets will likely be social faux pas. The bring-your-own-cups policy will now hopefully become even more widespread. The increased interest in getting out to enjoy our trails will hopefully see an increase in investment in these areas. And we will appreciate our events and groups and clubs even more after missing them for months. I hope you've all been able to keep yourself fit, conditioned and motivated while staying safe and healthy. Now, I have been ending my podcast with the question, do you have any events lined up for this year? But obviously that seems a bit weird right now and there is only me to ask. So I had a little look around and I I see that the Heisen 105 is going to be back under new management. So I'll set that as my goal. Um, No lofty aims for that event. I just simply want to run the Heisen 105 without needing an ambulance at the end of it so I can actually enjoy the finish line and sit by the campfire sharing stories with people. That would be nice. Um, I'm also going to throw out a request here. I would love to have a cool little running catchphrase to end the show with. So hit me up on Facebook at Tales of the Moon Pack with any ideas. 
Um, but for now, happy, less socially isolated running. Coming up soon on this podcast, there'll be a chat with the Midpack Cartel and an interview with an amazing local runner who is tough as nails and knows how to have super cool adventures. So until then, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>